So the waterways, in terms of dye running from factories nearby, and then even how the chemicals and dye in those waterways impact surrounding villages and cause you know the children to be deformed when they're born or have a lot of disabilities later in life you know that impact just seems so distant but it could you know it's connected to people in New Zealand buying their clothes it is a total mindset change like you're not just telling someone to do something simple you're telling them to change their very innate habits that make them them when you're going to buy something you're usually just like oh how much does it cost and does this look really good on me And then if those two things add up, then you buy it. There's so many more questions we need to be asking. Welcome to Wannabe Greener with me, Harriet Robinson. This is the podcast series that makes more environmentally friendly lifestyle choices feel simpler and more achievable. So the clothes you're wearing right now, everything from your underwear to your socks to your shoes... Do you know who made them or what factory they were made in or what city or even what country? And then do you know how the clothes made it from there to the shop you bought them in or even what products or resources were used to make them? I'm guessing probably not. Unfortunately, fashion brands have been keeping a deep, dark secret from us for a long time. And that's that the garments they're selling to us on the high street usually come at a high cost to the workers making them. Whether that's unregulated and unsafe working conditions, long hours, poor pay, or even abuse from mental to physical to sexual. All of this just to produce mass amounts of cheap clothes, usually from unsustainable materials. And on top of that, the industry is the second most polluting in the world, only after oil, and emits about 1.2 billion tonnes of carbon dioxide per year, which is about 5% of global emissions. We need to change our habits, but that's really difficult when we've grown up buying clothes from high street stores. I mean, why would you spend $100 on an outfit that you could get for $25? So, you know, it's a big lifestyle change. Well, Kate Hall is an ethical fashion blogger who goes by the name Ethically Kate. Many of you will know her from her Instagram page where she shares the zero waste, low impact lifestyle she and her husband Tim share. She's also a TEDx speaker and a vocal advocate for ethical living, but especially fashion. So I couldn't wait to speak to Kate and learn more about sustainable fashion and and how we can support that industry. We talk about everything from how to make ethical fashion affordable, how to love and value your clothes better, why we need to ditch fast fashion. Um, And Kate also gives a bunch of amazing tips for moving towards a more ethical and environmentally friendly wardrobe. It was great fun, this conversation. I definitely learned a lot from it. We covered so much. But first, I had to ask the obvious question. Not to sound like a dirty old man right at the start, but what are you wearing, Kate? I am wearing a dress from Holly Bolly. It was made by a woman in a village in rural India. It's made from linen. And I'm wearing Tim, my husband's cardigan and um, some little sock slipper things that my grandmother made me. Ah, sounds perfect. Yes, it's raining so cosy. Oh, we can hear your birds in the background a little bit. I like that. They are, they're screaming out um, they want to join in on the fun but um, then we wouldn't get a word in. Exactly. (laughs) Um, We wanted to focus on fashion today and ethical and sustainable fashion. 
what was it that made you want to kind of start supporting that industry? Have you have you always worn kind of ethical and, and more eco-friendly clothing? Yeah, I think I grew up in a family who have always had values around looking after the planet and looking after other people. Um, never, like ethical fashion was a new term to me. It would have been August 2015 that I watched the True Cost documentary. Um, but before then, like I was always loved hand-me-downs. Uh, we had some really good family friends who would always give us their hand-me-downs. And we'd, you know, op shopping was a fun thing to do as a family. But I think until I watched that documentary, you know, especially as a teenager, I still, you know, shopped at JJ's and whatever and would, you know, go for a bargain. Um, but mm. when I watched that documentary, that was kind of like the tipping point for me, I think, because I love fashion and I love, um, I think it's quite underrated the impact of how it can make the wearer feel, um, but also the impact of how, you know, that purchase decision, um, you know, impacts everyone else in that supply chain and um yeah so I think I couldn't I didn't want to continue to be involved in the fashion industry uh, which I had to be because I have to be clothed in this society um it's the norm I didn't want to continue um, being part of a fast fashion industry or um, one that didn't respect people and the planet and animals so that was a tipping point but I think that tipping point happened because it was already instilled in me in a way for anyone that hasn't seen the documentary, what what kind of stuff did you learn and what is the problem with the industry? Yeah, so it kind of it was a a beautiful summary of the impact on our environment, so the waterways in terms of dye running from factories nearby and then even how the chemicals and dye in those waterways impact surrounding villages and cause you know the children to be deformed when they're born or have a lot of disabilities later in life you know that impact just seems so distant but it could you know it's connected to people in New Zealand buying their clothes so yeah things on the environment like that and also just the clips that they demonstrated of things like shoppers on Black Fridays and around Christmas time and you know like lining up to get the new thing it captured moments that hit me hard about how we consume and how disgusting it is, how much we consume. One of the moments I remember, they showed a clip of people running, like literally just like wild animals, like pushing each other to get into um, a store that was opening or it was a huge sale or something. And it was just like, it, it seemed unbelievable, mm. but at the same time, like, I know that happens all the time and it's just, you know, people look at that and probably laugh because like they probably, you know, did that once too. So I think, um, yeah, it talked about, you know, that over consumption and also just that whole, you can think it's not your problem, but the, there was a lovely quote, um, starting to remember the name of the person they interviewed, but you know, that she said this, the second you wake up in the morning and choose what you're going to wear, which everyone has to do, no matter if they, hate fashion or you know don't want to be involved in many fashion decisions or not you are part of the fashion industry every single person is so I think the documentary really showed how um, every single person has that responsibility and so 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 many hands touch a piece of clothing before it ends up in your wardrobe and those people are often not treated very well at all how any human should deserve to be treated so it touched on a whole lot of things that, you know, there's ethical fashion, fashion industry conferences for days and days, but they summarized it all in, you know, an hour and a half. 
in a very personal way. So yeah, it's incredible. I think it set a lot of people off on their path to shopping consciously. And how did you start then? I know you said you were kind of shopping from up shops and stuff. How did you make that transition though to not buying any clothes from any fast fashion stores? I mean, it, it sounds simple, just stop going there. But for some people, it's, it's a habit. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I think I was not not lucky, but for lack of a better word, I was kind of lucky in the fact I was never a like shop every weekend type of person. Um, even though I love fashion, it wasn't a hobby of mine or wasn't kind of ingrained in in the culture that I was brought up in. I remember I used to like tease my mum growing up because she'd buy something and she'd wear it like every single day for the next six months. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, mum, wear something new. Um, so yeah, like going out shopping wasn't a big part of my life. So I didn't have to drastically kind of change who I was. But in saying that... Um, well, I know for a lot of people it is that like you can't just say just buy ethical fashion because it's literally like when I watched that documentary my whole mindset changed it was like a light bulb moment and for some people who you know they're not so far along and even understanding you know op shopping or different things like that I know it's just such a big ask to ask someone to change that immediately so I think like for me although it felt like an overnight change, even though I think in the first year of it, there are some purchases that I wouldn't make now, in my understanding. Um, and even probably in a year's time, there'd be some things that I have bought, you know, in the last few years that I'll regret because as we find out more information, as brands change themselves, um, you know, we're always, always learning. But um, yeah, for me, it was just such a, such a slap in the face um, that I... Yeah, realized that A, I could live and still be clothed and not be naked in the street uh, with what I had. Um, but obviously, I still wanted to partake in the fashion industry and you change as a person and, you know, you change your, I'm not wearing the same jeans that I was wearing when I was seven because I'm, you know, quite a different person and have a different style. So um, you have to respect and understand that's a factor too. But um, yeah, I wouldn't, like, I don't encourage people to change overnight obviously unless they want to and they feel that's in their capacity but I find if people try to do that they're ultimately going to fail because it's going to feel too hard so I think yeah just easing into it trying to you know if, if people shop every week they could start by shopping every second week and they could consider using things like the good on you app which rates kind of the mainstream brands that you'd expect to find at these like Westfield malls or kind of the common stores. So that kind of the good on your app helps a lot with finding what I like to call um, kind of the best of the worst and starting to open your eyes to things like that. So there's definitely ways to ease into it, um, which I highly recommend because if yeah, if you yeah. try to do it all at once, it's just going to be so overwhelming. Yeah. And I guess it's kind of cool that stuff like Depop and generally kind of thrift stores and vintage is becoming like a really fashionable thing now yep. so actually if you do have that kind of habit where you just want to shop you can just kind of scroll and buy stuff online that's mm. second hand mm. it is cool I I find it um an interesting conversation that around how people you know you can feel okay if you were to buy 10 things from an op shop every Saturday um mm. it's an interesting one because I think like although I obviously love thrift shopping and I think it's a great economy that's growing this whole secondhand shopping but I think it can continue to encourage a type of 
consuming that may be unhealthy for a for a human in many different ways. So it can help someone to ease in and make that transition um, for sure. But I've been having internal and external conversations about how sometimes um, it can make it too easy for people to keep up. You know, fast fashion in terms of the rate that they're buying things, but yeah, still feel good about. It. Anyway, that's another <laughs> another topic. <laughs> yeah, I know you did a kind of month of minimalism was it the way you kind of got rid of loads of your stuff Mm -hmm. could you just tell us a little bit about that and how you felt afterwards yeah so must have been two years ago now um, my husband and I I was actually I'm a writer and I write a lot of different blogs for uh, as a ghostwriter for different companies and Mm. I had to write one about minimalism I really like it was one that I really got into like into the research and into making it and then I read it to Tim or he read it or something and he said all right well um if you're so into this will you walk the walk will you do a minimalist challenge with me <laughs> and I said okay uh, so for one month we gave away the amount of things that corresponded to the date so on the 1st of April it was one thing on the 30th 30 things on the 16th 16 things um and by the end of it we'd given away nearly a thousand things because there were two of us doing it in the same household wow. um kind of gave away more at the end too because it becomes quite addictive to declutter turns out and that's actually where I learned too about my op shopping habits that a lot of the things I gave away in the minimalist challenge were from op shops because I had been like oh well it's so cheap and I like it but I don't necessarily love it and a lot of the things I gave away were just literally giving them back to the op shop and we had a garage sale too and we um got rid of all our things as responsibly as possible and didn't just dump a whole lot of crap at the op shop because that's not not good. But um, that was interesting to see what things we gave away and how much we had because people were really worried about us. We're not big shoppers or consumers and they were worried we were going to go away without pillows. Or- Have nothing left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, uh, where is this going to end? Um, <laughs> but it's insane when you, yeah, when you think about all the different bits in life. Um, even going through things like heirlooms and you know your stuff you had when you were a kid it was it was a very interesting process one I would highly highly recommend uh, rather than you know if you have a big garage full of stuff which a lot of people do it can look so overwhelming but if you do that challenge you just start with one thing on the first day and then you know two things on the next day and by the end of it you've cleared out a space or you've cleared out you know your whole whole living space in a really really good way it feels good I think I've kind of half done that by moving to New Zealand because obviously I've been living in all these houses and collected all these things for years and then you can't bring your whole life with you to another country so now I have nowhere near the amount of stuff and realize that it's I'm fine I don't need all that stuff. So now when I do eventually go back, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with all these things. No, and you don't remember it either. Yeah. Like we put it all in the garage to store it all away over that month because we wanted to obviously not just throw it out but get rid of it responsibly and find individuals who'd like certain pieces and sell some of the things. And when we got it all out at the end, when you lay it out, there are, you know, there were some like, oh, oh my gosh, why did it, you know, <laughs> exclamations. But um, during that month, I didn't feel like there was anything lacking in my life. And I feel like we could do that, you know, like people do that sort out every year or every few years. They do a big, you know, spring clean. But the main goal and our main goal is not to let stuff come back into our lives because it's so easy to just let it come back in and you have a 
junk drawer and you have a coffee table full of stuff. But the whole idea is to now we think um, really hard if anything's coming across the threshold of our front door, um, is it actually going to be something that we use and love or do we already have something that can fill that purpose? Mm, For sure. Obviously, we've talked about op shops and buying secondhand or charity shops, but you wear a lot of clothes from um, sustainable brands. So they're new clothes, but they've been made ethically and and sustainably. But do you find there is quite a price barrier? Because when I mentioned that I was going to speak to you, I asked people the reason that they don't buy sustainably. And almost everybody said the biggest problem for them was the price because a t-shirt from a fast fashion store might be $5, but from a sustainable ethical store might be $50. So there is a price difference. And how do you make a decision to choose that item if you haven't got a lot of money? Mm. Oh, totally. I think if it was all the same cost, we wouldn't be having this conversation in terms of ethical fashion wouldn't be a thing yeah. because it would be the norm. One thing, a few points there, and and totally I I appreciate um, when I I was a student, when I first watched True Cost and dived into this, and it was mind-boggling. I wanted to unwatch the True Cost just so I didn't have to buy a $70 singlet instead of a $7 one. Mm. Um, But when you understand the actual True Cost of what it takes to make a garment and what it, you know, the amount of hours that goes into it. And you really, really consider that. Obviously, any brand can hike up their costs, you know, for particular reasons. If it's a designer label or they're just trying to, you know, they're adding a, a certain margin that's unnecessarily onto it. But I think definitely there is a bigger cost of ethical fashion because it is demonstrating the true cost because you're going to pay that cost rather than fast fashion whereas someone else is going to pay that cost but with their livelihood people who are in a much worse off situation than us I I realize for it's hard to wrap your head around because cost is a big thing we have to something has to be economically viable as well Um, a great way I think about it is you know people shouldn't just swap out their usual fashion purchases with ethical ones Uh, they need to actually change the amount that they consume and therefore if you're buying one dress every six months instead of five dresses during that time often you'll find that is cheaper I wholeheartedly believe that um, embracing a slow fashion and slow fashion um, includes ethical and sustainable is actually cheaper because you're going to be not buying as much. Um, you're going to be buying items that last a whole heck of a lot longer. And if you add up the cost per wear as a concept that you can like kind of divide the cost of the garment by the amount of times that you're going to wear it, like it's actually going to be cheaper because you're not just buying stuff for the sake of buying stuff. And you're going to love everything that's in your wardrobe. You'll actually have better mental health, emotional health, because when you go to your wardrobe, which is you know, a big part of how you present yourself to the world and society, you have things that really represent you and that you want to wear and you, you'll care for them better if, if you pay more money for them. You'll you know, hand wash them if that's their care needs rather than just throw them in the wash because it was seven bucks and doesn't matter if the dye runs or something like that. So I realise for, for those people who, sure, it may be cheaper in the long run, but they can't, you know, people who live week by week and don't have that upfront money to invest can be really hard um some mythical fashion companies have different payment systems you know so you can pay 
paid off over time um, for that reason. But I think ethical fashion is definitely much more expensive. Um, but you just have to yeah, consider that you're paying that cost because the other stuff, someone else's, and it's not pretty. Yeah. And but like you said, looking after an item is something that's really important. Even mending stuff when it when it gets a hole in. I think that's something our parents used to do, our grandparents used to do, and we just don't care anymore because items are so cheap. I think, you know, a pair of socks. My mum would always sew up my dad's socks. But now yeah. we just throw them in the bin. Totally. People have lost the art of fixing and so like I think um like I did fabric technology at school and I actually because I wanted to really understand this whole fashion industry a little bit more I did a night school about um we had made a skirt from scratch and even just understanding yeah the making of it and it's such a it's a skill we need to keep and if we were to really embrace that concept we'd yeah spend so much less money on clothes Sure, you can buy something that's ethically made, but it's actually how you look after it throughout its lifetime that determines that garment's overall impact. Mm. You know, how you wash it uh, with you know, cold water instead of a hot water on a front loader or what detergent you use or how often you wash it, different things like that. So when you pay more, you usually respect it like an investment rather than like a disposable skin that you just, you know, strip off and don't really care about. Mm. One interesting point that Alex brought up when I, I did a bit of a shout out about speaking to you, she said that it's important to think about the end life of items. And she did wonder why even eco-friendly brands still do seasons, because then it's it's not really pushing a long longevity of, an, of a garment. But the end life of, of something is really important because everything's not going to last forever and you need to think about I guess how long it's going to last and what you're going to be able to do with it Mm -hmm. once you can't wear it anymore yeah oh definitely and I that's one of the questions I ask brands when I'm going to purchase something or where I'm when I'm going to work with them as a blogger is yeah where will that garment end up at the end of its life and sometimes that hasn't been considered or sometimes they have awesome repair systems or even like a secondhand on selling platform that they use um, but the fabric textile recycling is the technology just isn't there for most fabrics, uh, which is really difficult. Um, obviously, natural fibers are awesome in terms of, you know, you can compost 100% cotton. Mm. But it's really difficult because it's not, we don't think about it. Like, it's not something when you're going to buy something, you're usually just like, oh, how much does it cost? And does this look really good on me? And then, you know. If those two things add up, then you buy it. There's so many more questions we need to be asking. Mm. Even like what plastics are within it so that when you wash it, microplastics aren't coming out into the water system. You mentioned textile recycling being really difficult because I know H&M have got these boxes in their shops where you can drop drop off your clothes and when I found out about that I thought oh my god that's amazing because I can dump all my clothes here and they'll do something good with them. Do you think that actually happens? And do you think that actually encourages people to buy more? Because you actually get a voucher when you drop your items there. Yeah, I am not an expert on what H&M are up to. And I don't know the latest on where those clothes go. But what I do know is just the bits of research videos that I've seen. um, Like someone put a GoPro, I think, in one of those bins to see where it would end up. Um, And I think it just ends up in a a, essentially a clothing landfill so apart from if they were donating them all to charity shops but I think 
that's kind of not what they advertise it as because they ask people to bring in, you know, broken things and stuff as well. I wouldn't guarantee that it's going anywhere good or going to be recycled in any way. And I do think it is a little bit of a, a greenwashing tool. Actually, even though like part of me would argue that it's good because it's creating a little bit of education or, or talk or conversation about where your clothes go at the end. But mm-hmm. the other part of me um, struggles with the fact that it's making shoppers mistrust them and become more confused about are H&M good or bad or is this greenwashing and become confused in terms of thinking that fabric and our textiles can be recycled when they may not be. So, yeah, I feel like if they were genuinely being recycled into things, there'd probably be more talk about what they're being recycled into and, you know, like a little bit more detail, but it just is a little bit too vague for my liking. Yeah, it's slightly dodgy, doesn't it? Well, I did one drop off there ages ago and I won't be doing it again so if somebody does want to buy from an ethical or sustainable brand how do you distinguish them what are you looking out for when when you buy something yeah so I think it's definitely um, depends on the person so for example someone who may have vegan values may want you know nothing that has any animal products even if it's from um, an kind of ethical source or a zero waste item it could be someone may really, really care about the social side of things and not so much about the environmental in terms of obviously there's different levels and different, it gets very subjective. So it gets very yeah complex about what you're going to buy and who you are and your beliefs and values. But I think, yeah, it's initially good to understand your values, to think about it, really think what is important for you in a garment, what type of world you want to support um, and what's most important for you, what's most, you know, some people, yeah, maybe more the environmental side and they want to, you know, not that they don't care about the makers, but that may just be less of a focus and that's totally okay. We're all different humans. Um, I think the first thing is transparency. So when I talk to brands, particularly if I'm going to work with them, I ask them a lot of questions and I'm looking for key kind of phrases and kind of have a BS radar around their answers because no brand is perfect. I haven't found a perfect brand because at the end of the day, every single brand has an impact. And we're very, you know, early on in terms of a lot of the different technology and way we produce clothes. But you, so you speak to brands, but if somebody didn't feel like, I mean, where should all the information be on the website, essentially, if they're transparent enough? Yeah, exactly. So transparently, it it should be on the website or even just something basic or even a call to action for them, for you to contact them. One thing I'd say is a lot of consumers think that they can't contact the brand um, when really they totally can. And you can ask them a whole lot of questions. Consumers can be quite passive and think that they're not going to answer but that's actually how a lot of changes happen for these bigger companies is when a whole lot of customers have emailed them so asking them questions looking at what they say on their website about sustainability look for sustainability ethics terms like eco or stuff like that that doesn't really have any sustenance behind it can be you know a bit a bit misleading you want to you know poke and prod and look a bit further but I would say if you look at a brand and there's something that feels fishy or you're looking at them holistically and you know they're donating to this organization but they're doing you know something else then just honestly just ask them questions message them on Instagram message them on Facebook 
Uh, I'm a big advocate for asking the right questions just as a common consumer. If you're not someone who wants to do that, or maybe you'll do that further down the track, then, um, yeah, looking out for those keywords, um, searching up reviews of them, um, because now there's a lot of um, sustainability bloggers who may share and, and write about them, or there may be media releases, articles about their different practices and processes and um, that's a really good yeah way to find out more about them looking for accreditations is really helpful as well so there's different accreditations on their fabrics or their labor standards uh, so yeah I think that's a, a good way to to look at is understand that you can be a an active consumer and you have the right to ask questions before you buy something hmm and um, what are some of your favorite brands and why do you love them? I love Koto. Obviously, I think everyone in New Zealand loves Koto. Holly Bolly, that dress that I mentioned I'm wearing right now. Um, uh, awesome. Recreate Clothing is another um, great one. Velvet Heartbeat is really cool. I was with her yesterday. She makes bags in her little beautiful studio in Auckland. Uh, I have a whole, a whole lot of list of blogs, uh, sorry, brands on my blog, but those are the main ones that pop into mind. Oh, and Tamga Designs are like um, my one. They were the, one of the first purchases I made when I first got into considering where my clothes are made and how they're made. How did you find out about them all? Um, I was just a really keen keen researcher, and um, you can even you know you can search ethical fashion hashtags on Instagram is a good way that you know look for things now. Um, social media is a great tool to find um, brands I find Google can be helpful but it can also you know just give you the top ones who've paid a lot for their Google AdWords yeah I think I was just searching I was just I just became so inquisitive and just wanted to ask everything and yeah whenever I needed something so if there was like I started with underwear was a you know something I wanted to change and something that's quite simple and easy to start with and so I think just searching you know, ethically made or searching whatever kind of main value you have. Yeah, I think that's how I found them as well. And did you just start buying items kind of one at a time? Because obviously you can't splash out on 10 new pairs of knickers because you will have spent hundreds of dollars. So was it kind of like, okay, I'll buy one this month and then... Yeah, so it was just whenever I there was something that I needed. Um... Not that I'm suggesting you need 10 pairs of knickers at once, but... <laughs> no, no, exactly. But it was more like, yeah, if I felt I needed... All the, all the kind of purchases are like, oh, if I need a black cardigan or, you know, I feel like this will add, add to my wardrobe, then I would find a ethical option for that. And then kind of, then it snowballs and then you just discover a whole lot of them. I'm not saying that obviously I have more things in my wardrobe than I need um, because I, need is quite a subjective term. But um, things like, I remember Tamga Designs, they were doing a Kickstarter, found them and they just were a wee baby brand and they had this kimono. And I backed their Kickstarter and the Kickstarter was a success. And now they're um, quite a well-known ethical brand in Canada, well, yeah, which is really cool to see them to see them grow. So I think it's, yeah, just a matter of like searching around, finding the different styles that suit you, finding other like bloggers or influencers that have a similar style to you. And, if, you know, if they're sustainably ethically focused on what they share um can be really helpful as well because they kind of do the work for you <laughs> talking about style a couple of people mentioned this has been an issue sophie said it comes down to style because 
for example, Lucy and Yak Dungaree, she said they don't suit her body. Um, and then Jay said, I find that sustainable clothing isn't always on fashion and the aesthetic often is very hippie, which is not everyone's style and kind of appeals to a smaller group. Do you think there is enough kind of variation in style across ethical fashion? Yeah, I'd say if we were talking like even a year ago or a year and a half ago, I'd probably say, oh, it's not too good. But honestly, in the last year especially, the amount of brands that have popped up or or brands who are already exist and have um, moved the manufacturing to more ethical suppliers, there's, there's a lot. There are a lot of options now. Not all of them may be perfect. Uh, they're still you know, growing and developing. We need to understand that business is complex and they need to maybe make these changes can't make them overnight but there are a lot of options now um they are harder to find that that is quite hard because someone who you know just needs a particular item in a particular style maybe they need it to go with something or they need it for their work uniform or something like that it is difficult because you can't just go down the road and try something on because there's not many brick and mortar ethical stores and you know a lot of these places are online so I realize with fit and things like that too it can be challenging but yeah there's many many options now that when people ask for specific things I generally don't have a problem finding them Um, but in saying that though I spend all of my you know like this is part of my work is researching and knowing these brands so I do realize that as average consumer you don't have the capacity or time to look so deep into these things so I think they are out there the brands but it is just harder to find them so and maybe yeah easier to find the ones who are just all the beige neutral linen colors (laughs) Mm, yeah yeah for sure like funny you mentioned about the uniform when I first moved to New Zealand I had to get a load of white shirts for a new job and I had to get them really quickly. And I was like, well, if for work, I'm obviously not going to spend loads of money on them. And I ended up buying them super cheap from a shop down the road. And I felt awful about it. But then I was like, well, I don't know what other option I really had. Like, I shouldn't, I don't usually buy clothes from these places. So, you know, kind of tried not to feel too bad about it, I suppose. And like, not beat ourselves up about occasionally buying something from somewhere we maybe shouldn't. Yeah, well, there's like, we all have to compromise because I'm very aware that I um, don't have children. I um, now work for myself and have a more flexible, you know, many more work hours than when I didn't work for myself, but, you know, like more flexible time and I'm in this space. So I'm very aware that that makes it much easier for me to find these options. And also like I am a tall, slim woman and it's easier to find clothes for me, for men in this space. There's less ethical fashion options for guys op shops is what I say and that's where my husband shops mainly but um there are still barriers as we grow and as more people start to understand the true cost of clothes more brands will be able to um stay afloat in terms of a lot of ethical fashion companies um struggle because there's a lack of education around the true cost of clothes and so people you know struggle to consider spending particular amounts for clothes but I think as as the consumer awareness grows and we start making better decisions altogether there will be more brands more brands will pop up because there'll be more of a demand for it Mm. you mentioned your husband does he um obviously people probably seen him a lot on Instagram and it seems like you live a very similar lifestyle 
is he really into kind of eco fashion as well? Will he buy from sustainable places if he can? Yeah, um, he has been just a, he's a brilliant op shopper. He has a great sense of style and directs a lot of my style a lot of the time. Um, so he basically, I think he only just op shops. Yeah, there's a few things. When we got married, I brought him a shirt from a company called Thought, um, which is hemp and made ethically. But he mainly just doesn't shop or we have a really good seamstress who repairs a lot of his things and just, yeah, secondhand shops. There are some brands like, you know, when you need things like jeans and stuff that sometimes may be hard to find at up shops in particular, sizing and style. There's like Nobody Denim and Nudie Denim and Levi's actually doing some really cool things in sustainability. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I feel for guys and, yeah, people who don't have all these options maybe locally or they don't have the time to dive into this research. Yeah, you kind of talked about it a little bit, but what changes have you seen in the fashion industry since you kind of started your journey of wearing more ethical and, and sustainable items? Yeah. I, have there been changes? Yes, definitely. Like when I first started it was a very it was only five years ago but it was still quite different like even when I was talking to my friends and family there wasn't you know there was much less awareness there in terms of you know there's more more labels of well you're just a yeah not not they weren't supportive but there's people think you're a little bit alternative when now it's kind of a little bit more um accepted as quite awesome for someone to you know, be able to consider the ethics because I think, yeah, the education is there around the true cost of clothing. I think there are obviously much, much less brands. Now I see a lot of the mainstream, huge global brands are addressing sustainability a lot more, whereas it wasn't expected of them to address their ethics or where their clothes are made five years ago. They weren't, you know, releasing um, reports or guides or making statements on that type of stuff. I think now there's yeah more growing awareness and so the customers are asking they they realize they need to answer some questions and front foot that so yeah I think it's changed for the better for sure um if somebody is wanting to take those first steps but currently buys everything at a fast fashion shop and shops often what would you say the the first steps would be towards moving towards a more sustainable wardrobe I would say the first thing is to spend time in your current wardrobe I think shopping your own wardrobe and seeing what you can come up and get creative is the first step because chances are there may not be anything that you you know need to go out and get you may feel that fulfillment of creating a new outfit with a few different pieces you haven't worn together um, before can be very rewarding better on your pocket and quite fun so I think assessing what you already have, um, understanding where you're at when you go through your wardrobe, maybe there are things that you're you're lacking. And so, you know, write a list of those things and then start to do your research one item at a time. Like you said, when talking about the shirts and uniforms, be okay, you know, to compromise because that is just something we have to do in the current state of things. The fashion industry isn't, you know, fully there yet. So wearing what you already have using that um and you know respecting the clothes you have is is great I yeah want to mention the good on you app again which is something I don't personally use because I you know it all already you know yeah well uh, <laughs> no 
That's not the case. Certainly not the case. <laughs> Learning everything, new things every day. But it is, it's kind of, I think it's great for, yeah, for newbies because like Good On You doesn't necessarily have all the awesome small ethical fashion brands. They rate the big guys, which is really helpful if you're just, you know, shopping at your local mall. So I think start with that because it is really, really simple rating system. Yeah, super, super simple to use. So yeah, start there and just start asking questions. I think it's one thing you may, when you when you hear about this topic, you can be like, oh, I'm going to go out and, and you know, buy ethical fashion. Well, like, I think, you know, look at what you have, assess do you really need it, um, and then ask brands questions and like go through your wardrobe. When you're going through your wardrobe, like look at the tags like understand what your clothes are made from understand like you know the different countries they're made in just become more aware I think that awakening is key and then it just snowballs from there have you faced any challenges yourself within you know your journey is there anything you find quite challenging about sustainable fashion yeah I I find it's a constant battle between sometimes having to choose between something that may be good for the environment but not so good for like on the social side Hmm. so yeah I think it's it's a constant battle between like defining your values and yeah there's just always new research coming out and so sometimes it can feel so overwhelming because you don't know what is good and bad and unless you're standing there in the factory you can't you know like 100% trust something so yeah, I think the main challenge is just its uncertainty and yeah, navigating kind of a, a new space that, you know, doesn't even know what itself is and yeah, is always constantly, constantly changing. Um there's key like items that are really hard to find, like um socks, you know, always contain elastane, which is not great. Um, but then you can't have a sock that doesn't really stretch. So there's different kinds of barriers or compromises that you have to mentally get over and kind of be like, it's okay. Um you know, uh you can yeah, choose the the best the best option that's available to you. Yeah. I do find that I find that difficult with so many ethical choices that it can get really stressful and you really kind of beat yourself up about it and you think oh I don't know and you spend so long thinking about something you end up not getting it and then you think I should have just I should have just got it it seemed okay but yeah yeah, I guess it's about doing that research and really trying to maybe pinpoint a certain number of brands that you like and and stick to Mm -hmm. those for a while Mm -hmm. yeah totally and not um yeah not like this whole feeling guilty about something is just very toxic and it's not going to be helpful. So if you, you know, if you just have to buy those white shirts, buy them, look after them really well, use that learning and your feelings during that purchase to like make, you know, great decisions about other things in the future. But I think we can, yeah, we can dwell on the stuff that we don't do or that we have to compromise on. And that's not going to, that's just going to leave you, kind of stagnant where you are also accepting that different people will have different values and different compromises that they're willing to make that you aren't so don't yeah point fingers either we're all at different journeys and it's not going to be helpful if um, you expect something of someone where they're not there yet because um, it is a total mindset change like you're not just telling someone to do something simple you're telling them to change their very innate habits that make them them so yeah we just need to be respectful of that mm, great advice um is there anything that we can do that goes a bit further than just 
buying clothes to make a difference in the industry? Because obviously we all want it to get better, but there must be more that we can do to encourage that. Yeah, I think there's some really cool campaigns out there that you can sign that really like, honestly, it makes a huge difference. For example, uh, Remake are a non-for-profit organization who have um, launched this pay up campaign. They've had over 5,000, maybe it's 15,000 now signatures, and they're pushing these big brands who, in light of COVID, um, have paused and cancelled a whole lot of orders that have already been made by these factories, so they need to pay their workers, Mm -hmm. and they've paused all their orders and not paid and put that um, weight back on these garment factories. So, sure, you're just signing one signature, it would take you like a minute. But so many brands have promised to pay up, because of this campaign and because of their work. So I think, That's so cool. yeah, it's awesome. Like brands, I think this week um, ASOS promised to do it, which is like, obviously there'll be other factors, maybe not just the campaign, but um, it actually does, like collective action does help. So I think, yeah, making your own choices is great. But yeah, looking at what, like Greenpeace often have different campaigns and things you can get involved in even just talking to your friends and family that has a huge ripple effect or no it doesn't even matter if you're not if you're not a social media if you're not a blogger or a official instagrammer you can still share a post about your outfit and how it makes you feel to have purchased something ethically you know even if just one other friend hooks onto that then they tell others and it's that whole culture change and making it the norm individuals underestimate yeah what they can do Hmm. And even just following people like you and, and others on, on Instagram, it's quite, it's inspiring. You think, well, if they're a person, they're the same age as me, they look similar to me, I'm sure I can do the same as them. Of course. Yeah. I never um like became a Instagrammer and in inverted commas because I'm still getting used to this whole concept, but I never, it was never on purpose. I literally just was a conscious, active and very vocal and probably too vocal consumer who couldn't shut up so literally anyone can do it and the impact you make no matter if you have five followers like is still going to be something and it's all part of this culture change Mm. um georgie made a really good point she said do you think covid19 will speed up or slow down progress to make the fashion industry more sustainable i I don't know the answer to that i don't know (laughs) i mean i couldn't answer it definitely but I think it's a mixed it's a mixed one I think only time will tell to be honest I think that there is this brilliant message of support local um, going around in all media platforms and all circles and it's yeah really exciting to see that become a big a huge topic that everyone's talking about and wanting to support local and look after the, the little guys but I also think for the brands who were already struggling before COVID and that includes a lot of the ethical sustainable ones because it's really hard when you don't have just a mainstream market of of customers a lot of them are already suffering have already just had to close the doors because they can't suffer any longer obviously that's yeah not ideal Mm. for for making change and moving forward but I honestly think time will tell if this message of support local and make good purchasing decisions will be enough yeah don't know wouldn't want to make any predictions but it's not looking great for some of the places 
No. Yeah, I mean, who knows what the future future holds, but... We don't know what tomorrow's going to be like. <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, and, I mean, we're talking on lockdown. We were meant to meet face-to-face, but we're still kind of unable to really meet up. So everything's just up in the air, really, at the moment. It is, yeah. So I guess, like, one of the main points to take away from this is, yes, support sustainable and, and ethical brands, but if you can't just love to learn to love what you've got and appreciate the clothes that you've got and just shop less and I I saw a post on your Instagram page this week where you were you'd posted the same dress at lots of different events that you've worn loads of times and there is a a hashtag is it I can't remember but there's a hashtag for it but basically and you were saying it shouldn't even be a hashtag it should just be normal to wear the same dress for lots of different places you don't have to keep buying new clothes for every event every wedding every party yeah 100% like that's always been my motto but even recently I've been just trying to do it so much more because it just we need to to stop that that concept like I love my clothes so much more when they have more memories so when I you know wear them more at, at important events um I, that was part of ethical made easy which is a really awesome ethical shopping platform um especially for new zealanders and australians ethical made easy created this um my new normal wardrobe hashtag which is celebrating you know taking something that you really love from your wardrobe that you've worn many many times and sharing that online to show this different culture of it's not just another you know new new dress that new day new new outfit um it's just being like hey I've I've you know worn this for 10 years and it still looks great and I love it (laughs) so yeah yeah, it's cool I like I'd like to think that that culture is coming back but maybe it's because I'm just in my little eco bubble (laughs) my mum wears the same dress every Christmas day regardless of whether she's put on weight or not it always fits funny but it's funny and I love that it's like a nice tradition if she's not wearing it I'm like oh no the dress I love that I love your mum (laughs) it's cute um do you think you'll be dressing this way forever do you are you ever tempted to kind of buy something from a a cheap clothing shop or some shoes that you need or or do you think you're just going to stick with it forever no, I think I will stick with it forever. I think you can't unsee or unlearn, and especially when I'm learning every day in this space, can't do it. I know there's some people who, you know, even other ethical fashion bloggers, and I totally respect their decision to do this, but sometimes, you know, there may be something that they really want to complete their wardrobe or something they'll be wanting for ages, and they will compromise on that purchase um, because, you know, they really want it. That you know they've been thinking about it for years or something, and they've only found an unethical, unsustainable option. For me, I will just change my desires and my wants and my um, outfit ideas rather than kind of yeah make that type of compromise. I think too much. I mean, you understand too much. It's hard to go back and compromise just for style. Mm, Yeah, for sure. Um, I just realized I just have one more question from a listener, Xavier, who said, what's the difference between upcycled and recycled clothing? And I I guess like, yeah, he's kind of heard the terms, but doesn't really know. And I, as far as I know, doesn't buy either type. Do you, do you have an answer to that? Yeah, I would say like the technical kind of definition, recycled is that the, like, the fabric would be recycled into something new so it would like the fabric would be literally changed 
and turn it into something else. Just like a um, like you recycle, let's say, plastic bottles, you can recycle it into ethanol, which is a fibre that often a lot of sustainable activewear is made from. But upcycle would be more of like less of the actual change of that textile. So, for example, I had a dress that I didn't really like, and so I changed it into a cushion. Um, so you're like upcycling it. You're kind of that. That would be in my head what it goes to, but maybe upcycle. Yeah. Yeah. So you could get like a pair of jeans and then cut them into shorts, and that's kind of like yeah. You turn it. Maybe I think upcycle. You're turning it um into something like better or something useful. Like you're upcycling it. I think of you know like doing something really awesome with it. Whereas recycling can sometimes mean it's. Hmm. I don't know. It's interesting different terminologies I think would be different in different contexts Mm. well they're both good things so they're both things to help for I guess (laughs) yeah I feel like upcycle would be more sustainable in terms of the recycling process can take a lot of um energy to complete Mm -hmm. you know more carbon emissions and stuff so anyway that's food for thought would you still purchase something that was made from like recycled plastic even though obviously it's going to release microplastics in the wash but then it's saving something from the ocean how do you feel about stuff like that yeah so everyone will feel differently of course um but i personally have activewear that's made from recycled plastic bottles from the ethanol fabric i use a guppy friend a uh, corable sorry which is a little coral looking circle ball thing in my washing machine which collects the microfibers when i wash my clothes i try to spot wash as much as possible so i don't air my clothes out so i don't wash them too much but i find with things like activewear when you have natural fibers they may not be as durable or functional for the different activities i'm quite an active person so i yeah i find in terms of functionality that fabric is my personal choice cool Thank you so much. It's been such an interesting conversation. If people want to follow you or maybe if you've got recommendations of people that we could follow to kind of inspire us more to to support a sustainable fashion industry, who should they be? Um, Ethical Made Easy is that platform I mentioned earlier that's just an awesome directory. I mean, in terms of like ease for, for new people discovering this whole topic, that is just brilliant. The to be able to search up exactly what you want. The Mustard Jumper is a great thrifted online Instagram account with some awesome secondhand pieces. Uh, obviously, my blog, people can ask me any questions. Um, it's ethicallykate.com is my blog and ethicallykate on Instagram. And I often share about other bloggers there because um, it, it's hard depending on what country you're in. So like Sustainably Chic and Simply Living Coa in you know, Canada and America. But it yeah, sometimes, you know, shipping or things, you'd you'd rather get things locally. So yeah, those are a a few that pop into my head. Cool. Well, thank you so much for for talking to us. I think it's been super helpful. And I think if somebody has had any questions really about um, the industry, I think you've answered pretty much all of them. So thank you very much. No, it's a pleasure. I could ramble about this stuff forever. Thank you so much to Kate. That was so much useful information, so much to learn, and I hope you've kind of taken something from that. Um, Just a quick recap on some of the advice that Kate gave for how we can support a more sustainable and ethical fashion industry. So I think her, her kind of one of her top points was watch the True Cost documentary. Get inspired and really learn the truth behind how your clothes are made and how they get to the shop before you buy them. 
Revisit your own wardrobe and try out new outfits and pairings. Kind of assess what you already have and whether you actually need more. And Kate's been kind of doing this on her Instagram lately and I've been inspired by that and kind of taking a summer dress and putting a jumper underneath and doing things that I wouldn't usually do and it kind of creates a new outfit so you don't have to go and buy another one. Um, Look after your clothes. Use the care label. Wash them properly. Repair them declutter try to get rid of what you don't need i thought um which she was talking about in terms of minimalism you know that's can be relevant to your wardrobe and your clothes as well so once you kind of start getting rid of things i think you start to realize you don't need as much as, as you thought you did make small swaps so like when you need a new pair of socks or something small some new underwear try choosing the sustainable option because it's a little bit cheaper and you can slowly kind of gradually change your wardrobe that way ask questions you know we've heard kate's not scared to ask a brand or a company the details of their policies and their kind of sustainable and ethical practices so you know ask questions from them ask questions you know maybe talk to other kind of eco and fashion bloggers and see what you can learn from them as well she also mentioned the good on you app which you can download to see how high street fashion brands are rated in terms of sustainability think about the end life of the garment when you first purchase it Put more value on your clothes. I think, you know, like she said, if you spend more money on an item, you're more likely to take better care of it, even if that means you've saved up for a long time just to buy this this one dress or this one pair of trousers. You still will value it more than the 10 pairs you bought for £10 or $10 at the shop. Uh, when you find a brand you like, just make sure it's transparent about its practices and its policies. And if it's not maybe just stay clear and lastly follow some inspiring eco bloggers including kate of course who is on instagram at ethically kate um, and she's also got loads on her website too which is ethicallykate.com uh, it's super informative on there loads of tips and advice on various elements of sustainable lifestyles there's even a bunch of discount codes from kate's favorite eco brands which is so great i've not seen that before and I wanted to talk to Kate because she is so genuine, she's open and importantly as well, she only partners with brands that she actually likes and respects the morals of. So you can kind of feel safe in the knowledge that if you go to her website and there is a discount code for a brand, she's not just putting it there because she's getting paid, she's putting it there because she thinks it is an ethical and sustainable brand that she has researched. So thanks once again to Kate, some awesome advice and I really hope that it helps you to take you know steps towards a more sustainable wardrobe because it's definitely helped me as well i'd love to know your thoughts as always get in touch with me on instagram at wannabe.greener otherwise i will see you next time thanks for listening bye